SAFM Sports Wrap. Good evening to you. Welcome to SAFM Sports Wrap. And uh, starting with some of the stories making news headlines today, there are three absolute premiership fixes to look forward to this evening. Sundowns hosting Chipper United at the Lucas Maripe Stadium. Jomo Cosmos take on Black Aces and Kaiser Chiefs. I in Durban who play Golden Arrows at the Moses Mabita Stadium. Bad news for Chiefs. Tumulin Kune has been ruled out of the clash due to an ankle injury. Kickoff at half past seven. Three, uh, a whole host of fixtures rather to look forward to in England as well. The Pickerton. Liverpool up against Leicester. Arsenal play Southampton. Manchester City travel to the Stadium of Light and take on Sunderland, while Manchester United hosts Stoke City. On to cricket, there was controversy at the Under-19 Cricket World Cup today as the West Indies beat Zimbabwe to reach the last eight, needing three runs to win off six balls with just one wicket in hand. West Indies bowler Kimo Paul dismissed the non-striker Richard Nagarava, effecting a man-cad run-out. Despite being within the laws of the game, it's often deter- deemed to be unsportsmanlike to enforce it. The West Indies won by two runs with five balls remaining. Meanwhile, Scotland were bowled out for 127 before Carl Varian and Liam Smith each scored 64 not out to guide South Africa to victory in their final match of the tournament. Ten wickets, the margin of victory there. The team, however, bows out after losses to hosts Bangladesh and Namibia. If reports are to be relieved, Proteas bowler Kahisa Rabada is set to play county cricket for Division 1 side Durham. And uh, live cricket action taking place uh, as we speak right now in Kimberley. The rain has started to fall, so the run chase uh, of the night has been stopped for the moment. And just looking at that score, the Dolphins batting first and uh, pretty impressive score for the Dolphins in their 50 overs. Uh, They were able to post uh, there we go, 290 for the loss of 8. The Knights 4 without loss when play was uh, was suspended. In rugby news, Sanzar have approved the proposed changes to the bonus point system for the upcoming Super Rugby season. 4 try bonus point no longer in play. Bonus point uh, will be given to the team who finishes 3 or more tries ahead of their opponent. Losing bonus points still up for grabs and uh, Another change to the laws is for the upcoming season. We'll see teams given the opportunity to opt for a line-out if they are awarded a penalty after time has expired. This is Sport on SAFM. Every supporter's greatest resource. Well, this past weekend saw the Wellington Sevens uh, take place, part of the HSBC World Sevens Series. And uh, the South African Sevens team... I don't want to say heartbreaking, I think disappointing, and uh, they've got reason to feel that way after they lost to uh, New Zealand in the final fantastic performance uh, by the team, and uh, a man who wasn't there is uh, Kyle Brown, sitting with uh, a bit of an injury, sitting at home watching. Kyle, welcome on to SFM Sports Wrap this evening. Gee, I know as a fan watching it how frustrating it was for me watching that final <laughs> take place, particularly the second half. Uh, as a player sitting watching, it must have been, if not... I mean, it must have been infuriating for you. I was, I was just, uh, I was just really happy with the way the guys played. You know, I think it's, um, you know, to get into the final like that. I, I was uh, in Wellington two years ago and made the final against New Zealand also. And sure, we, we took a bit of a hiding that day. And I think, um, you know, you know, if you, if you watch, uh, I think if you're any sort of South African rugby supporter, you'll know how difficult it is to play New Zealand in New Zealand. Um, and she's just the way that the guys showed up for the final and they, you know, the way that they played just made me really proud of, uh, of what they were doing out there. I mean, the hard work was also done in, in the build-up to that. The, the, the clash against Fiji. I mean, Fiji are a powerhouse of, of Sevens rugby. I mean, that performance was, in my opinion, one of the best I've seen from a South African Sevens side. They were clinical. Oh, yeah, for sure. And I, and I think you're the, you know, the perfect term, they're clinical. I mean, they, they were just phenomenal the way that they controlled the game. 
um, and then really cut off uh, Fiji's opportunities. I think that was a key part of it all. You know, everybody knows how well Fiji can can attack when they've got ball in hand, um, and, and and you give them the space to attack and do what they do best. And you know, they're, they're, they're so well. They were playing, you know, that that against that offload game, the best I've, I've seen us do that in a very long time. Kind of looking looking at the tournament as a whole, finishing second on paper. I mean, I'm sure that the Blitzbocker would be would be happy with that. But uh, like you say, it's tough to to win in New Zealand. It must be a bitter pull to swallow with with the the refereeing decisions that that went down in that second half. I mean, I read an article on a New Zealand website today from from a, a Kiwi journalist and just saying just how absurd those refereeing decisions were. I mean, as a player, I mean, are you allowed to comment on it? I mean, what, what's your take on those decisions in that? article he's he's referring to hometown decisions yes theoretically it was an Australian referee but he's got uh, New Zealand uh, sort of descendants his dad is is a Kiwi what's your take on on that I think we've all been dealt some tough decisions in in our career and and, uh, you know I mean the game was lost in the last couple of seconds but you know if you think back about just my career alone uh, how many how many times we've beaten teams in the the dying moments and and that's the way Seven's rugby is you know and I think um, it, it's games like that and games, you know, throughout the, the career that really start making fans keen to sit down and watch the very last whistle blow, you know, make sure that they know who's won it full time because, I mean, you can walk away from a seventh game with two minutes left and, and you might not actually even know who's won that game. Um, and, and I think it's, you know, you, you just got to make sure that you close out those games well and it's, you know, that's, that's just the nature of seven rugby is that it's not, it's, it's not absolutely done until the final whistle blows. Alon, on the injury front, uh, out of the squad this past weekend, news that uh, Justin Kadult is uh, returning home. He's picked up a shoulder injury, replaced by, by Tim Agaba. You, you're not uh, fit to play at the moment, obviously, also from an inju- uh, injury point of view. Cecil Africa down with injury. Is it a bit of concern within the setup at the moment that we are losing some of our key players? Obviously, the, the players that we've got sort of in the wings are, are, are filling and, and filling the gaps and yeah. stepping up and making themselves known. But is it a concern within the setup at the moment? Yeah, listen, I think also what we also have to understand is that if, if guys are harboring any niggles in the past where they would have played through that, this is, I don't think this is one of the seasons where you, you, you push through niggles like to make sure that the guys are completely fit and strong. And, you know, Cecil's really borderline. He's, he's, he's touch and go whether he's, he's able to play this week or not. But what's the point of taking that risk now that he re-injures something that, uh, um, that, that he might have injured back in, in Dubai? Uh, whereas you could you could give him a couple extra weeks of of, of rehab and make sure that the guy's fit and strong and he's on that plane to Vegas and Vancouver. Um, you know, Branko Branko unfortunately came down. He's, he's he's recovered well from his shoulder surgery, but then he you know he was sick for almost two weeks, which uh, really took a knock on his body. And and he's also a player that that you know could possibly go if uh, if, if push came to shove and if it was a different kind of season. But you know, this year we we really you know trying to make sure that we have the fit the strongest squad possible come June. And, and looking, obviously, it's an Olympic year, and, and that's and that's the big goal. But it, it must sort of fill the, the squad with confidence too, with with some of these youngsters coming through and, and putting their hand up and and just showing the depth in in South African sevens rugby. Now, I, th- I think we must all remember that the, the one of the main aims of the season was to create depth in the squad and to make sure that we expose as many players to, to World Series rugby as possible. So, you know, when guys are given an opportunity like this, you know, it, it buys straight into you know what the team's trying to achieve this season. So. Um, you know, when we give another debutant a chance to play this weekend like Tim will get, uh, that's perfect for us. That's exactly what we want. We want him to be tested on the World Series. We, you know, he just come back from South America, uh, where they played two incredibly tough tournaments there and he did he, he did very, very well, you know, so he's put his hand up on that stage. Um, and, and here's an opportunity for him to, to go and fit into the squad that's, 
you know, that's riding pretty high at the moment, that's playing some great rugby, and uh, you, you couldn't ask for a better way for somebody to get his cap but uh, to, to join the squad on, on, on that kind of fashion. A couple of the big names in 15-man in rugby uh, in the setup from, and not just a South African point of view, but a global point of view. Look at the, the likes of Sonny Bill Williams, who, who made an impact this weekend for, for New Zealand, but someone who's definitely making his mark on, on South African sevens. Juan de Jong, he had another fantastic weekend. Yeah, I think Ju was awesome. He's, he's been phenomenal in midfield, and I think... Um, not not just his attacking ability. For me, it's the way he defends, and he's you know he's chopping people at the ankles, and he's literally not letting a single person through that channel of his. Um, and then I mean, I suppose to turn to his attack, he's you know he's electrifying. He's, he's really dangerous, and he's, he's created some serious trouble for for opposition teams in the midfield. Looking ahead to this weekend, after what you saw in Wellington, where do, where, where do we need to improve? I mean, it was a good performance, but there's always room for improvement. Where, where do you think the the team need to to up their game heading into this weekend? Yeah, listen. I, I thought um, I thought they're pretty good on most fronts. Uh, maybe a little bit more structured in attack, just just uh, being able to hold onto the ball for a bit longer. Um, and then I suppose discipline at the you know in, in defense. Defense is pretty key, and and not to get flustered when a team sets up a couple phases against you. It's not uh, it's not it's not a cue to uh, to to attack the breakdown and and, um, and give away penalties. We just got to be disciplined and, and patient in those moments that we can sort of uh, look for a turnover when we're in trouble on defense. We're looking forward to another fantastic weekend of Sevens Rugby. It's all taking place in Sydney, Australia. And let's hope that the South African Sevens team can go one better than they did in Wellington and bring that title home as well. It uh, should have uh, been on its way back to South Africa following this weekend, but we'll take one out of two. Carl Brown, thank you so much for joining us once again. All the best on your recovery. We look forward to catching up again soon. Super. Thanks very much for the chat, guys. Have a good day. CEDA, the Small Enterprise Development Agency, is hosting the South African Business Incubation Awards. This award ceremony forms part of the Technology Business Incubation Conference happening on the 10th and 11th March. Are you driving a leading business incubation program? Then make sure your organization is recognized for its commitment to sustainable small business development. Enter the South African Business Incubation Awards at sabi-conference.co.za. Entries close on the 12th of February 2016. Take a look at your hands. They're not just hands. They're communicators. They're always sending and receiving. Always tapping, texting, typing, talking, striving, high-fiving. Grabbing someone's hand. Grabbing opportunities. Grabbing life. Every day, your hands send a signal to the world about who you are right now, about who you want to be tomorrow. That's why this year, I'm using my hands to register and vote in the municipal elections because my tomorrow is in my hands. Register at your voting station on 5 and 6 March from 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Visit elections.org.za or dial star 120 star IEC hash. That's star 120 star 432 hash to find your voting station. A message from the Electoral Commission ensuring free and fair elections. SAFM Sports Wrap. Well, the one-day international series between the Proteas and England gets underway in Bloemfontein tomorrow and following a disappointing test series, I'm sure the Proteas will want to bounce back and bounce back with a vengeance. They're coming off a, a pretty impressive uh, one-day series against India just uh, a short while ago, just over a month ago, that uh, they won on Indian soil and uh, they'll be hoping to carry that form in the 50-over game into this series. We're joined now by uh, former Proteas opening bat, Elvira Peterson. Elvira, welcome on to uh, SAFM Small Trap. It's good to good to catch up. You've just arrived in Bloom. Uh, it's uh, it's going to be some exciting one-day cricket, particularly after the Test Series. England got their tails up, South African Africa. 
have to pull, perform well if they if they're going to have to, to pull pull this one off. Yes, thank you very much. Yeah, it's a, it's an encounter that everyone looks forward to. I think it's going to be a a good series. South Africa, like you said, played well in in India. However, I think from a bowling point of view, South Africa will be a little bit light with they'll stay not there, and uh, we're not quite sure how the border and Morco how many games they'll play in the series. So a lot depends on the batters once more. And in recent times, uh, there was a lot of talk about the batters and not coming to the party. But South Africa's one-day team has been one uh, which is stable and they've got a good balance. And I think it will be a wonderful series. Um, South Africa obviously have a lot to prove. Um, and it's on home soil. Uh, the last test match, they got some momentum back. And they'll hope to take that into the series. You mentioned the the loss of Dale Stain. He's been struggling with injuries for for this season, and he is he leaves a, a huge void in the, in that South African bowling lineup. He does, but not so much in the in the one day in the ODIs. You know, he he left a massive hole in, when it came to the, the Test matches. But in in one day cricket, you know, South Africa's got uh, some young, exciting bowlers who, who can take up that place. So the only thing is. And um, that it's young. That's, that's the problem with Dale Stane's got the experience, the know-how. And so, yeah, it is a big, big loss, but uh, it just puts more pressure on uh, the batters like the Villiers, Amla, and Fosky as well as Jake Jimmy. Alvaro, where, where do you think the key battles are going to lie? England coming off a, a fantastic Test Series victory. I mean, their bowling attack, the, the likes of Stuart Broad, has been in, in pretty good form this series. Where, uh, where do you think the series is going to be won and lost? I think the series will be won and lost uh, with the batters. Um, you know, the the team with the most powerful batting lineup and the one that will that can get to 300 and beyond. That's probably the the team that will win the series. I think a lot depends on the batters. And if you look at the England batters compared to South African batters on paper, you'll say South Africa should uh, should be the better one. But you know, unfortunately, cricket's not played on paper, so. It's all about um, you know how much confidence that the batters have, and if all of them can fire at the same time, or certainly some of them in, in one specific game, you know then they can get the runs on the board. Um, so so that's the key um, in South African conditions. But I think it will it will depend on which batting unit will be the better one on the day. You also mentioned balance, particularly in the South African batting order. Do you think we've got that balance right? That was obviously one thing we struggled with a bit in, in the Test Series, but uh, different personnel slightly in, in, in the one-day squad. Do, do you think we've got that balance spot on, or, or could could we be better? Well, I think South Africa's got it almost spot on. You know, if you look at Amla and, and the cock up top, um, and then Pof uh, Duplessy coming in at the AB de Villiers, Jacob Dumini. And then David Miller, I mean, that's a powerful batting lineup. Uh, you know, there might be question marks over Farhan Diadi, um, as to, you know, is he the sort of player that, cons- that can consistently win games, uh, especially batting after those sort of, sort of players. Um, but I think South Africa has got, got the lineup, certainly up until number six. And then, Alvira, looking at a five-match series, it's it's not a three-match, so you can afford to, to get behind in, in the series, but you don't want to. I mean, the first game is vital, Mangung Oval. It's it's not a, a track that uh, the Proteas are used to playing on, but uh, it's important to win that opener and, and set the tone for the rest of the series. Well, it's very important to, to try and win the opener because it, it somehow gives you some sort of confidence as well as momentum going going into the series. 
with South Africa lose the first one, England will have the sort of momentum. And we've seen in the test series, it's so difficult to pull it back then. So South Africa know that the first game is important, that they must hit the deck running. As for the for the wicket and the field here in Bloemfontein, uh, you know, over the last year or so, it's been indifferent. Um, you know, I've played on pitches here that it looks good, but then there's low scores. And throughout the, the, the season so far, there has been low scores. The Knights, which is obviously their home ground, they had to move to Potter's Room last week to practice there. Um, so I'm not sure if it was uh, the ground staff trying to prepare the wicket and the, and the training or practice wickets for the Proteas that they had to move. But you know, there's certainly something happening. Um, I'm, I'm not sure what it is. And hopefully we can get a good wicket in this time. That we will. Alvera, just off the subject slightly, the under-19s uh, were in action at the under-19 World Cup defending champions. Disappointing performance, losing their, their opening two games that effectively saw them bundled out of the competition. Should we be concerned from a Southern cricketing perspective with that squad? Is, was it an anomaly or is it something we should be really, really concerned about? Well, first of all, you know, there's so many different factors and... Uh, you know, if, if people understand cricket and you understand the ins and outs of it, is that um, you know every year or every World Cup you have different squads, um, so and you play in different conditions. So whether whether that's a, a factor, I'm not sure. But um, in South African sport, you know, we we are public that wants to see uh, our teams do well. And with South Africa under 19 just out of the World Cup at the moment, certainly losing to Bangladesh and Namibia obviously raises some eyebrows, but um, you know, I think it's too too early to comment on on what's the reason for it. First of all, uh, and secondly, you know, it's you can understand if people are upset and and worried about where South African cricket's going. Certainly, um, from a from a test point of view as well, where South Africa's lost the series now, the under 19s not doing well. You know, some people um, are rightly concerned, but um, I think I think you know it's just one of those where. It will blow over. South Africa will stand up. I still feel that the junior system is, is quite good. Um, and obviously, you know, you get the right personnel and all of a sudden you're up and running. Let's not forget, uh, youngster who's involved in the pro tiers this time round was uh, under-19 world champion at the last world championship, Kachisa Rabat, and uh, he's shown his worth uh, at the national senior team level. Alvira Peterson, thank you so much uh, for your time once again here on SAFM Sports Trap. Always great to catch up, and we look forward to, to chatting again soon. Fantastic. Anytime. You're listening to Sport on SAFM, the next best thing to being at the game. You're listening to South Africa's news and information leader and uh, the excitement building ahead of the upcoming England's uh, one-day international series against the Proteas. A, a disappointing test series, but uh, the one-day side of late has been playing pretty good. They, they're coming off uh, a victory in India, an impressive one-day series victory there, and uh, it promises to be another wonderful series here on South African soil. But uh, Cricket South Africa have launched uh, a very, I think, well and much-needed uh, initiative uh, along with uh, the Cricket that's taking place over the next few weeks. And joining us now from Cricket South Africa, Amelia is on Altaf Kazi. Altaf, welcome onto uh, SAFM Sports Chat. Thanks for joining us tonight. We all know about the dire situation with regard to the drought uh, across the country at the moment in Cricket South Africa, lending their way to the cause. Yeah, thanks, uh, Brad, for, the, for that. Um, look, you know, obviously cricket plays the usual. People know our heroes, people know our stars, and we want to create, create awareness as well as assist. So, so tomorrow's um, sort of effort at, at, at the Mangahung Oval serves two purposes, to create awareness around what's happening in the country, around the water shortages and the drought, 
and then also for, for fans to come in as they enter the stadium to drop a water, which teams up with gifts of the givers, and, and they will then make sure that the water gets distributed to the areas in the free state that, that need it the most. Um, and it's also good to see the coaches getting involved. When they get to the stadium, they will also be putting their sort of their water into the into into the into the collection truck. So once again, you know, we just want fans to come out before you get to the stadium, go to gate three. There will be other smaller areas around the stadium where they will collect, but gate three is the main collection point and drop off the water and, you know, definitely for a great cause. Yeah, Alta, it's, it's important, I mean, for, for a team like the Proteas, and, and it's all our national teams, to, to stand up in difficult times like this and, and, and lead the way. I mean, we all, we, there's all something we can do, and, and the Proteas are doing their bit too. Yeah, look, I mean, at the end of the day, the, the whole country supports the Proteas. The Proteas is known by all, and, and when, when the country is in, in, in a state of need or certain parts of the country in a state of need, we need to come and help. And, you know, uh, our way of also saying thank you to all the fans for supporting us. I mean, in all these areas, there's TVs, people are watching the Proteus play. And, and, and what better gift to receive than your, your Proteus to helping a cause and helping such a wonderful cause. And I must say thank you to all the organizations. You know, it's just not gifts of the givers. There's other organizations as well that are doing their best to ensure that the, that the areas that are battling with water, you know, get water. So, you know, this is... This is our small contribution to, to, to this, but, you know, we, we all know there's a bigger picture to this. Antof, you mentioned Gift of the Givers as well, and, uh, I mean, they do some incredible work uh, across the border, and globally they're often, often heading outside of our borders to help, and it's good to see them doing stuff here in South Africa too, where, where it's really, really needed. They're a, a fantastic and a wonderful organization. Well, they're a fantastic humanitarian organization. You know, they, they, you know, they, they never say no to, to, to where, where there's problems or where there's where there's help needed, they're always willing to help. And again, through the through their efforts, they're sending a, they're sending huge trucks. They've got trucks on standby in case uh, the, 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 the the big trucks are full. So they've also come out to assist us and make sure that you know the water gets delivered to to those areas. And you know it's, it's a fantastic job that they're doing. But there are many such organisations in the country, and we've got to salute all of them. And again, tomorrow at the stadium, you know, we just wish that we we hope that our fans come out and and, and play their part as well. Yeah, Altaf, I want to I want to challenge people. Even if you aren't going to the cricket tomorrow, if you're in the area, just pop down there to the Mangung Oval uh, and take some water to those drop-off points. You said it was at Gate Three that people can drop it off. The truck will then transport it to where it is really, really needed. But everybody who is going to the stadium, uh, please do as well. Altaf, have you guys set a, a sort of goal? Obviously, you're doing it because uh, it's the right thing to do. But have you have you secretly put a goal in the back of your mind of of what you would like to achieve and how many liters you'd like to be able to distribute? Well, it's a 29-ton truck, so we want to fill that truck. So I just, you know, we hope the fans come out, and, and there are 15,000 people that could be in the stadium tomorrow. If everyone brings a five-liter bottle, you know, we, that truck will be full. It's as simple as that. Altaf Kazi, thank you very much. I think it's a, a wonderful, wonderful initiative. On the cricket, it's all systems go. It should be a, a wonderful spectacle as well, and it's, it's good to see a, a one-day international being playing t- at the, the Mangung Oval. I think it's also a wonderful initiative, that. Yeah, I know. Look, I mean, obviously, you know, it's, it's good to take the games around the country, and we 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 just hoping and that the people of Bloemfontein come out. I know ticket sales have been really good, and we want to put up a spectacle tomorrow and make sure, you know, we get or we get you know, to off to a great start in the series. Absolutely. May there be lots of runs, lots of wickets for the Proteas, and at the end of the day, lots of water and a victory will be wonderful. Altaf Kazi, uh, heads of media communications for Cricket South Africa, thanks for joining us this evening, and uh, best of luck, and we look forward to to seeing how the series and and this drive progresses. Thanks very much for the opportunity, and yeah, I mean, you know, it should go well tomorrow, and and who knows, there might be other opportunities at other stadiums going forward. SAFM Sports Wrap.
On to some football now on SAFM Sports Wrap. And uh, rookies Guinea have punched above their weight to progress to the quarterfinals of the African Nations Championships tournament, which is currently underway in Rwanda. Following a goalless draw with pre-tournament favourite Zambia in the quarterfinals, Guinea proved uh, a handful for the young Chipolo Polo, whom they eventually beat 5-4 on penalties. The heroics of Guinea have prompted uh, analysts to sit up and take note of the West Africans uh, and not take them for granted anymore. Guinea was not considered to be a title contender ahead of the event, but their solid performances from the round-robin stages through to the knockout stages of the event have earned them great reviews. Dio Congo football pundit Jeff Katala has more. The rookie, uh, the, the players from Guinea, it is the first time to participate to, to Chan, and it is the first time, first time lucky they reached the semi-final, which is uh, quite a very huge ach- achievement for the Chile National of Guinea, you know, among uh, the four uh, countries that are in the semi-finals, so only Guinea who's there for the very first time, actually the very first time at a chance. And uh, with the four teams that are remaining, yes, I can see uh, Guinea can still, you know, causing havoc, we never know. It is the level of competition, all teams are equal. But uh, for me, I will say that DRC and Cote d'Ivoire will stand out. The semi-finals take place tomorrow with Cote d'Ivoire up against the Democratic Republic of Congo, while Mali come up against Guinea with a spot in the final up for grabs. The next edition of Chan takes place in 2018 in Kenya, and all four of those teams would love to travel to Kenya as the defending champions. It is a very huge, very big probability that Cote d'Ivoire and DRC may they reach the final, but uh, on the RC side, for some players who are in the infirmary, it won't be the very same team that we used to see from the very first game at the, at the opening of the Chan this time around in Rwanda, because there have been a lot of casualty against Rwanda, you know, against Rwanda, it was lack of uh, the final. For Cote d'Ivoire, it is also Michel Dussier. Michel Dussier, after leaving Guinea, he wants to prove something because you remember uh, for the the, Chan, uh, the Afcon qualifiers he drew twice and uh, it was for him it was he wants to prove something and he took the local best of players to to Rwanda and for him it is very good achievement that because for the very first time that he comes to Chan he reached also the semi final it is a huge boost a moral booster for him for Afghan qualifiers. There have been some uh, talented players on show at this year's tournament. Nigeria's Alvis Chisholm Chitakara and Morocco's Ahmed Achachi are two of the players who found the back of the net four times each before their teams exited the tournament. Katala looked at the tournament as a whole and at some of the players who have stood head and shoulders above their counterparts. Well, uh, you can see Serge, Serge from Côte d'Ivoire. But, and secondly, uh, when it comes to players, I can see Serge of Côte d'Ivoire, he's playing very well, the goalkeeper is all, uh, all, uh, uh, a very good player, and uh, Tamara of Guinea, but I didn't see, he didn't play the last game, but uh, he, he, from the beginning he was there, he's a very good player, he can make a huge impact, uh, I like the way he looks, his stature, you know, he's, he's composed, when he gets the ball, you can see that he makes all the team play, and uh, on the RC side, uh, there's Luvumbu, but unfortunately you won't be playing in the semi-final because he's injured. But uh, there is also Meshak who plays for Don Bosco in Katanga province, which is uh, where Moise Katumbi comes from. And Don Bosco, he belongs to the son of Katumbi. So the, those are some of the players that have uh, stood up 
and uh, made a very good impact during this time. One of the biggest shocks in the tournament uh, this year was that of Nigeria. They were bumped out of the event in the first round. And while fans across the African continent were shocked, Katala reckons a lack of financial support coupled with an agenda to sabotage head coach Sunday Olise should not be ignored. We have to be, uh, you know, you and I are journalists and we have to analyze the fact. I had the opportunity, the privilege to go to to Pretoria to see uh, Nigeria uh, training. And when Nigeria was training in Pretoria, the assistant, the coach, the, the Belgian guy, he fell. And the Nigerian delegation didn't have money. He was admitted to the hospital. It is one of the bastards of the national team who fucked up the money to pay for his hospitalization. And the team didn't have a proper financial means to prepare. They were not in a very good state of mind, actually, to play this tournament. Because uh, people don't know that. But uh, uh, Sunday Olise fucked that money from his own pocket to take care of the team in Rwanda. The state, the Ministry of Sport, the Federation didn't, didn't look at uh, the want to sabotage uh, Sunday Olise. So when he fell, they would say, no, it is time for him to be kicked out because he didn't perform. But if you give them the money to perform, to prepare the team, for the team to be... You know, it is very difficult for a coach just not to know that our players didn't have a very decent place to sleep, or maybe not, not to sleep, but, well, they didn't have the, the, the stipend that they, they were supposed to, to get from the federation or the sports ministry, and the coach has to give, him, to give them money to look, to look after themselves. You know, preparing the team and, you know, Thinking about the psychology of the players, the mental of the players is something huge. We do condemn Sunday Odyssey, but a lot of people didn't know in what condition did he have to prepare that team. This is Sport on SAFM, every supporter's greatest resource. Well, that's it for SAFM Sport Trap this evening. We are back again tomorrow at 6.30. From myself and my producer, Siobhan Chetty, thank you so much for listening this evening. I can tell you it is still delayed, or rain is still delayed, the cricket the momentum one-day cup clash between the Dolphins and the Knights. The talk shop is up next. Before that, though, it's time for your news. Good night.